turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. With your host, the area pastor, teacher, professor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cult, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we come to part three in our new teaching regarding the uproar, the lawlessness, violence, division, and spiritual warfare in our country today. Since the death of George Floyd by a racist police officer, Satan has taken this one thing, this one thing, and has ignited a war among those in the American cities, and the people, people are looking for answers and solutions in all the wrong places. Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will give us some solutions by getting to the root That's right, by getting to the root so that we can truly bear fruit. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that wonderful, challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed and uplifted by our program tonight. Well, uh, this brings us, as Brother Gary said, to uh, part three uh, on you got to get to the root to bear fruit. And this is really uh, relatable and uh, timely for what we're going on in our world today. Uh, It is a timely message. For the troubles that we are facing in our worlds everywhere in this world, especially in America. Uh, I want to say this by way of introduction. A lot of times for every difficulty or outward symptom, there is a root cause for the difficulty or the outward symptoms. And we all have to ask this question. We all have to ask this question. What is the root cause for this struggle? weakness and problem in my life. Some look at the root cause of being racism, and uh, some look at the problem of just uh, equality. Some look at it as economics. Some look at it uh, on the level of politics. Some look at it from the area of uh, family issues and church issues. Uh, But we have a constant illness in our world today. Uh, there is a root problem in uh, all of us, and uh, we have to get to the root in order to bear fruit. You know, when you have an uh, anger problem, and a lot of people do, we see this in our cities today, in our inner cities, 
anger out of control. Anger out of control, burning and looting and destroying property, beating up people, tearing down cities. Anger, the root of this thing is anger. Uh, there were some people. Constant depression, constant anxiety, constant fear. And uh, people have anger ranging around uh, addiction use and anger in their personal life, anger with themselves, anger with their family, spouse, problems with their jobs, friends, finances, joblessness, homelessness, and churchlessness, and even problems around the COVID virus. We have problems everywhere we turn in this world. But the Bible gives us answers to those problems, and I thank God for that. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. And we said last uh, Saturday, we gave you a scripture from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 17. I want to encourage you all to look at that passage with me, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 verses 14 through 17. I will not read all of it because I did that last week. But I will emphasize this important point that the writer of Hebrews is saying. He mentions the word root, just like I'm preaching on right now. He mentions the word root because he realizes, too, that you got to get to the root in order to bear fruit. And he talks about an interesting word. He mentions the word in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 to 17, the root of bitterness springing up causing trouble, and by many, many have become defiled because they're not living with peace with every man. And this is so true. There is so much bitterness all the way in our world, everywhere you turn, bitterness. And this passage of Scripture relates to the entire world, and especially America. We have uh, bitterness in our homes, bitterness in our churches, bitterness in our community, bitterness with politics. We have bitterness in our nation, and people have become defiled because of that bitterness, and they haven't dealt with the root of the problem, see, the if you don't deal with the root of your problem, even if there's been an issue of rape, incest, and divorce in your life, and spousal abuse, if you don't deal with those issues, the root problem will cause anger in your life, and then you will become defiled with bitterness and anger that's out of control. So the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, verses 14 through 17, he says, Pursue peace with all people, and holiness without which no man will see the Lord. Don't you know that that's one of the reasons why Jesus said, Many are called, but few are chosen? Broad is the gate that leads to destruction, and many go therein, but few find the way to heaven. Look at the world today, what they're doing. They're depicting this uh, Hebrews chapter 12. They're living it out, and they are not living peaceful with uh, humanity. And uh, the writer of Hebrews says, 
they will not see the Lord. That's why Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. And they think that they're doing a good cause by being rioting and violence and murder and beating up. They beat up a man the other day, senseless. And, you know, the Bible says here, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no man will see the Lord. You know, and then he says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall, fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by many become defiled. That's what's happened. Many have become defiled, and beyond defiled, reprobate, you know, and that's what they have become. The fruit of bitterness and the root of bitterness can come in many different forms. It can be lust over genuine love. It can be sex used as a weapon and with pornography, immorality, and addiction, and anger, and division, strife, envy, slander, malice, gossip, rather than the gospel. The writer of Hebrews 12, 14 to 17 talks about the root of bitterness. Now, let me show you where the root of bitterness began. The root of bitterness began. Because that's a very important point. Where did all this root of bitterness begin? Well, it began in heaven with Lucifer. We find in Isaiah 14, verses 13 through 15, that it talks about, he, it says that five times he uses the word Lucifer, I will be this, and I will be that, and I will be this and that, and then God expelled him from heaven. Now, this root of bitterness started in heaven and with Lucifer, now called Satan. Now, uh, how did this all start? Like I said, it goes back to uh, heaven where it started in the heart of Lucifer. And then what he did was he brought this root of bitterness to the Garden of Eden. And just like it says in Isaiah chapter uh, 14, one of the I wills is that he wanted to be like God. He didn't want to take over, but he wanted to be like God. And he did the same old trick with Eve. If you eat of this fruit, you will be like God. Isn't that interesting? Satan knows whatever trickery he used in heaven to deceive those other angels that became demons. He said, if I can trick angels in heaven, I know I can trick human beings on this earth with the same old lie. And, you know, we got cults today, people involved with Mormonism thinking that they can become a god, people involved with Hinduism, the New Age movement, and we have all these false religions believing that they can become God, even in the word faith teaching. They teach you to become a little God. So he wanted uh, to be like God, and he came into the Garden of Eden deceiving our foreparents and thinking that, especially Eve, that if you eat of this fruit, you will become uh, like God. Uh, and his uh, plan was to uh, plant in her the same old lie and bitterness 
that he had in heaven, and she bit into that satanic sandwich. And Jesus called the devil a liar in John 8 and 44. He called him the father of all lies and a murderer. He did both of those things in the Garden of Eden, caused the first big lie on earth and also murder, capital crime of murder. All of us will die as a result of this. Yes, and the root of bitterness and jealousy started in the heart of Lucifer in heaven, and he brought it right to the earth. And Jesus called them the father of lies. And he says, in the beginning, this started in the beginning with him. He is a liar in the beginning. And that beginning is talking about not only heaven, but on earth as well. And he started the same old lie, trickery, with Adam and Eve. Now, to understand this, we need to go back where it all started on earth in terms of the Garden of Eden. Deception always has a bit of truth mixed with a lie. The devil always mixed the truth with a lie, and that is how he gets so many people to fall into sin and to cults and false religions. In Genesis chapter 3, Satan said to Eve, God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. God knows. Well, yes, this is true because he's omniscient and he knows everything. And the day you eat of it, true, Adam and Eve knew that the day that they ate of it, they would experience severe consequences in disobeying God. The same is true with many of us, most of us today, and all of us today. Now, here is the line. They will be like God. Satan's deception of Adam and Eve was the same deception that was the root cause of his own fall in heaven, according to Isaiah chapter 14. He wanted to be like God, and because God wouldn't allow that to happen, Satan developed the root of bitterness in his heart, just like the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 17. Now let's go back again to the Garden of Eden. We learned a lot of things in the Garden of Eden. A uh, critical question. What was behind this big deception, lie of Satan? Well, the answer is this, that God is holding back something from you. That's what he was telling Eve. God is holding back something from you. God is not doing something for you that he should be doing. God is cheating you of becoming great and powerful and almost equal to him. God knows something you don't know, good and evil. God is holding back on you. Do the opposite of what God told you to do. Doesn't that sound familiar what he tells so many people today? Do what makes you feel good. Do what is right in your own eyes so you can be like God because he's withholding and holding back on you. And Satan does that same old successful trick and lie to the human race today and deceiving so many people today. Uh, he worked that way with the fallen angels in heaven. And uh, if they were perfect in heaven and Adam and Eve was perfect, he said, I can do this lie on the whole human race and get up. 
So what is Satan attempting to do to Eve in the Garden of Eden? The answer to Eve is to create in her bitterness towards God. And you know why? Because the original, the original sin, not Adam and Eve's sin, but the original sin in heaven with Satan is the first root of bitterness. He just got really bitter over that, and he brought it right to the Garden of Eden. And Satan has been successful with that bitterness to in families and marriages, churches, communities, murders and violence, rioting and streets and everything in America, even bitterness and hatred towards the President of the United States, hatred towards family members, hatred towards brothers and sisters, hatred towards uh, people in general. You see, you just you may just like somebody, but you can't hate somebody because you can't get to heaven hating somebody. You need to repent of that. I, I hear so much bitterness today, so much anger today. I don't see the manifestations of the love of Christ. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those that despitefully use you. You see, the root of bitterness, I'm bringing this home now, the root of bitterness always has a twin brother, and that's unforgiveness. And uh, without with these two in your life, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Look at every atheist, agnostic, and skeptic who say they don't believe in God. Why not? Because they got bitterness in their heart. And all sin goes back to the root of bitterness towards God and someone else. This root of deception always is bitterness. And so when you come to know Christ, I'm going to say this in closing, repent tonight. If you have bitterness in your heart and hate in your heart, violence in your heart with your tongue, you may not do it with your hands, but with your tongue and with your thoughts, repent right now. Get better rather than bitter. Here's the two Bs. Go for the first B. Get better over being bitter. And the book of Revelation calls Jesus the root and offspring of David and the bright and morning star. We want to know that root over all other roots. Three things I want you to do in closing. Three R's. Say with me right now the first R. Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner. The second R, Lord, I repent of my sins against you and my fellow man. And the third R, Lord, right now, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches and to people outside the churches. Brother Gary. All right, well, time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And as always, we want to thank those of you who have stood with us in prayer over these many, many years. Uh, We know that without your prayers, we wouldn't be here today. So important that you continue to pray for this ministry. In addition to that, this is a listener-supported ministry, and so many of you have been very generous over the many, many years and provided us uh, and partnered with us to continue to keep this program on the air. 
cost us 400 a week to remain on the air. And right now we have a $339 deficit we're trying to retire, and we need your help to do so. Uh, we just want to thank everyone who's been giving over the past uh, week. You know who you are, but more importantly, God knows who you are and that you're, you're laying up treasures in heaven. Your giving is going to bless so many for time and eternity. Uh, with the limited time that we have, we're just going to say thank you and, and, and not go through everybody's name each week. But as I said before, the Lord knows who you are, and uh, we know who you are. We just want to say thank you. Uh, so important. There's two ways you can donate. First, simply uh, address your cards and letters to, or rather your check and money order to Contending for the Faith. We want your cards and letters, too. But in this case, address your check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553. Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way to donate is so much easier. Just go online. Get on your tablet, your laptop, your smartphone. Go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button. And away you go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those announcements, and uh, as always. And uh, let's get to our uh, callers. Who do we have first? Coming up first, we have CC on line one. How you doing, CC? Hi, how you doing, Dr. Buckner? I'm truly blessed in the Lord, and we are truly blessed, and get to hear your voice. And uh, how uh, did the message minister to you tonight? That's one of the best messages I've heard on that passage that you did, and I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of sermons on there. So God really worked through you tonight. Well, I sure appreciate those encouraging words. There, we always get blessed by uh, what uh, God uh, puts on your your heart as well. Uh, well, I tell you what, let's get to your uh, question and see what's on your heart. What's on your heart tonight? I wanted to ask you a question in Revelation chapter four. Alrighty, and what's your verse? Verse 7. Verse 7, okay. You have your Bible there? It is right in front of me. All righty. Well, why don't you uh, uh, read that? Okay, I'm in Revelation chapter 4, verse 7. It says, And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast was like a calf, and the third beast had a face of a man, and the fourth beast was a flying eagle. All righty. Very good. Amen. Uh, do we have do we have enough time to get it? Yeah, we have plenty of time. Okay, very good, very good. Well, this is a tremendous uh, verse of scripture, and uh, one of the things that we always want to try to remember uh, when we are uh, reading the Word of God, uh, especially the Book of Revelation and the Book of Daniel, is that that uh, the books are highly symbolic language. And uh, some passages are literal and figurative and metaphorical. So you kind of look at the book of Revelation and all those uh, frameworks. Uh, here you have uh, the uh, pronouncement of uh, uh, these uh, uh, beast-type uh, creatures of God and uh, really in the context of uh, angels. And... Uh, they're before God, and they have certain characteristics that's described. 
the first beast was like a lion. Now, uh, make a note of this. Uh, the characteristic of a lion is that uh, he's symbolic for strength and power. So that's what the lion symbolizes, is, uh, is strength and power. And he's uh, the leader of the, the, the force, and wherever he's located, he's a leader as well, a lion. And he has great power with that roar. And then you have a, a second beast like a calf. Well, what is the characteristics of a calf? A calf is, uh, has two strong characteristics, and one is that they are humble uh, and that they are serviceable. I mean, they really work hard, and they're serviceable, and they're humble. They'll do whatever the masters tell them to do. That's what angels will do before God. And they are not only strength and power, but they are humble and they are serviceable. And then you have the third beast had a face like as a man. In other words, uh, a face like a man, uh, it shows that they are rational beings, you know, like a person that is serving God, uh, they become rational uh, in the Lord. Uh, and they, uh, because their face is in the face of God, and God becomes rational with them, they become rational with him. And that's what is the character of this. And then the fourth one uh, is a beast like a flying eagle. Well, what is the characteristics of an eagle? The characteristics of an eagle is that he carries with him swiftness uh, and uh when he flops out those wings, he's able to uh, guide, you know, glide in the sky. And, you know, it's interesting that when you think about an eagle, even though, you know, like, for instance, think about the differences between a, um, a hummingbird that can uh, move so rapidly and so fast, but an eagle, because he's got that big body, but when that big body goes up in the high sky, He's able to just uh, move with swiftness and just sometimes glide because uh, he's, God is leading him. God is guiding him and helping him to guide, glide like that. So and the characteristics of this is that they've got swiftness. And all, all of these characteristics is uh, depicting uh, the warriors of God in heaven, the angels, the cherubim. And uh, that's this is what they laid out to be. So hopefully these characteristics, you were able to get those points, and hopefully it's giving you some additional insight as well. I really appreciate it. That's clear. I, I got it now. I understand more. Appreciate it. Amen. Always look at the characteristics of this and break it down on that level. Uh, do we have enough time to pray for my brother? Well, yeah, we have three minutes. Oh, three minutes. So let's... Uh, Within three minutes, try to get to your prayer request and pray for you, my brother. What's on your heart? Um, if you could just pray for um, uh, my mother, my mother, and uh, my family, and then um, I also have um, somebody I know that's in the hospital. They have diabetes and they have the coronavirus, so they need they need prayer. And um, if you could lift up E40, you know, for his salvation, and then for me, just pray for me because I've been doing a really deep study in Revelation and Daniel, and I want to be able to soak up what I'm learning and get revelation from God. Amen. That's uh, that's a good thing, you know, and uh, we'll be praying for you in that area. Anything I can do to 
help you with that, you don't feel the freedom. Feel free to call. All right, Brother Gary, let's uh, go before the Lord in prayer. All right. Well, Lord, we just thank you for Brother C.C. We pray for his mother, Rosalinda, and his family. We pray for his friend who has diabetes and also with the coronavirus. And Lord, you are the great physician, and you've never lost a case. And so we pray, Lord, for healing and life to flow into that person, Lord God, that you would just lift them back up to, to good health. We pray, Lord God, for uh, E-40 and all of these celebrities out there that uh, are coming to the end of themselves, particularly now with the coronavirus and they can't do anything and they're stuck and um, they're realizing that things have, there are things of greater significance than what they do and what they think is important, but help them perceive that the most important thing is a relationship with you, Lord God, that their hearts would be not be satisfied with anything else, that they would have a hunger and a thirst for you, and that that thirst would be satisfied through their salvation. We pray, Lord God, for Brother C.C., that you would give him, uh, he desires deep revelation. And, Lord God, we pray that you give it to him, Lord God. The more time he spends with you, the deeper his, his, his relationship with you will go, the greater wisdom he will gain, and the greater peace will he have. And Lord, we just pray that over his life that you need every need in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Cece, for your uh, call and your question. And God bless you, brother. I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. God bless you, too. All right. Well, it is time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, Professor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And once again, we want to thank all of you who have been praying and those of you who have partnered with us financially here at Contending for the Faith. Uh, we can't thank you enough for both. And uh, right now we are trying to retire a deficit of 339 and we know that uh, God is able. He works through your, you, the listening audience, to take care of these things for us. And we need your prayers, and we need your consistent prayers, and your consistent uh, partnering with us financially to keep the ministry going. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. A second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. It's that simple, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. So, Dr. Buckley, you ready to get back to the callers? Let's do it, Brother Gary. I'm excited. All right. All right. So we're going to go to Brother Rick, who's been patiently waiting. Brother Rick, how are you doing? I'm blessed. How about oh, yourself? Oh, we're truly blessed. Uh, just excited about being on the program tonight, and uh, we trust uh, you're doing well. And uh, what's on your heart tonight? Well, I got a very interesting question. You know, I remember I remember reading uh, Numbers 14, and it talks about those under the age of 20 not suffering the consequences of the uh, of the adult show, of the adult people. 
And my question is, uh, what are some some of the scriptures that deal with salvation and baptism related to the age of accountability? Well, thank you so much uh, for that, that question. You know, there is a lot of uh, misunderstanding regarding the uh, salvation of children. And, you know, uh, the Roman Catholic Church, they uh, believe that um, you have to uh, baptize a kid uh, before they can get saved. Uh, that's why they're so big upon sprinkling, because they believe that if they don't sprinkle the child, the child can die. And then even uh, when you get into uh, groups that are uh, some Calvinists will even go as far as saying, you know, uh, when it comes to election, if God doesn't elect certain people, even uh, children, uh, that they can be lost too. So, uh, you know, this is a serious issue here that needs to have a biblical basis for it. And uh, and I'm going to say this, that what does the Bible have to say, you know, about this subject matter? Because this is not Buckton, this is Bible. And over and over in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, Jesus uh, had said in the Gospels, I'm going to say it that way, that he, when he would sit down with children, uh, he would say over and over, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus made it very clear that they're under the kingdom of God and under God's grace. Uh, and that's for those who are uh, under 20 years of age. And, and a lot of times um, accountability is based upon um, one's maturity because you can take somebody like Matthew Henry, uh, Matthew Henry, who uh, did the commentary, uh, and uh, he was um, at five years of age, he could read the Bible backwards and forwards. Uh, so uh, his accountability was very early. So it depends on one's maturity as well. But uh, for children as a whole, I want to say this. There's a tremendous passage in the Bible that I want to encourage people to look at, uh, and that's uh, Romans chapter 7 and verse 9. Romans chapter 7 uh, and verse 9. And the Apostle Paul hits the proverbial theological nail on the head regarding this subject matter that a lot of Christians overlook. And so if you look in your Bibles at uh, Romans 7 and verse 9, uh, the Apostle Paul says, For I was alive without the law once. Now think about that. I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin sprang up, revived, and I died. So the question is, when was he alive without the law? Well, he wasn't alive without the law when he was a Pharisee, because when he was a Pharisee, the law condemned him. So we have to fill that out. So what about when he became a Christian? Was he alive uh, without the law? Once, no, because when he became a Christian, he died to sin in Christ. So when he said, "For uh, I was alive without the law once," 
that's talking about when he was a child. The law did not touch him. The law did not condemn him. This is a tremendous scripture here. I want to encourage every Christian, you have a Bible, look at Romans 7 and 9. This program is about giving answers. If you don't listen to this program on Saturday night, you're going to be missing out on a lot of good answers to a lot of the questions on your heart. For I was alive without the law once. Okay, that was when he was a child. And then he says, but when the commandments came, then uh, the law jumped up right in his face when he became older. That's when the commandments came. A child, a young child, a baby, doesn't understand though all of that stuff. So that's what he means when he says, for I was alive without the law once. In other words, without the law condemning me once. But when the commandments came, uh, sin, notice he uses the word sin, sprang up and I died. I died two ways because, number one, I died because when I was a Pharisee, I literally died because the law condemned me. A lot of people don't know this, that Paul uh, was married at one time. We don't know what happened if he ended up in a divorce or his wife died or he ended up in a divorce because uh, once he became a Christian, his wife left him. Uh, but the requirements of a Pharisee, you had to be married. So he was married at one time. Very few people know that. So this is the tremendous scripture right here. And uh, I want to encourage people to look at it, study it, and meditate upon it. So uh, hopefully that helps to answer your question, Brother Rick. And uh, Hi. Uh, yes. And we uh, want to get your prayer request real quick because we have, uh, they told me my daughter calling in from Houston, Texas, and uh, she wants prayer around a uh, hurricane. I think it's two of them coming back to back, so we want to pray for them. So what's your prayer request, and we'll pray for you, and then we'll get right to my daughter, Erica, in Houston, Texas. Uh, just pray, pray for me around my health this week, and then uh, continue to pray around my parents, uh, my, my family's salvation. I just want a continuation of that for prayer uh, this week. All righty. Well, let's go before the Lord in prayer. We are Prayer Warrior radio program, Contending for the Faith. And, Brother Gary, let's go before the Lord in prayer on this. All right. <clears throat> the Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We pray, Lord God, for over his health. He's had so many health concerns, Lord God, but you stood with him the whole time, each time, every time. Your word says you'll never leave him, nor forsake him, and that you're with him even to the end of the age, Lord God. Stand with him even now. Encourage him even now. You are the great physician, Lord God. Touch his body. Uh, from stem to stern, Lord God, that you would bring healing to him, Lord. Help him, Lord, not to be discouraged and grow weary and well do it. But, Lord God, help him to persevere knowing that he will one day reap a sure reward. And, Lord God, we just lift up his family members for their salvation. We pray, Lord God, that you would bring people into their lives that would speak the truth of your word to them. They would, their eyes would be opened by, by your Holy Spirit. That they would receive the truth from you. Lord, we thank you for him. Bless him, strengthen him, and encourage him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Brother Rick, uh, for your call and your question as well. God bless you, brother. God bless you guys. All right, Brother Gary. All right, coming to you live all the way from Houston, Texas. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Erica, are you there? Yes. Good evening. Hi. Yeah. How you doing? I'm. We're we're hanging in there, just getting storm prepared, and uh, we've got a possible double double doozy coming. So, um, was calling in to uh, ask for prayer around that, and then also. My daughter is starting um, college on Monday, online colleges, and so um, just continue to pray for us as we get storm prepared because one uh, is enough, but another one right behind it possibly is is a lot to take in, especially when you're from California and you're not used to that type of uh, environment. (laughs) You know, I grew up with earthquakes and things of that nature, so it's always a... a different kind of thing. I know you say that, that the Houston weather can be bipolar at times, and we've got about <laughs> two things coming in the coming in the goal. Hurricane Marco and a Hurricane Laura. So um, we're just praying you that you know, for- <laughs> yeah, two for one yeah, special. Um, yeah, you know, and during the pandemic, so it's just we're we're we're. My husband went out today, and he got a lot of the supplies that we need, but we can't find a generator anywhere that kind of like helps keep your air going and your um your refrigerator and things of that nature going. So uh, we need a lot of prayer in Houston and also the surrounding places like Louisiana, Mississippi. All these places could possibly be impacted. So I was calling in this evening for prayer. Well, thank you so much for calling in for prayer. And when was the last time a double hurricane like this uh, happened? Did you know? I it's I heard the lady on the news say it's it's been like maybe over uh, maybe a hundred years. It's never it never it, they've never really came together this quick. So um, it's oh, been yeah. a they've had it before, and it's called something specific. But I'm not sure. But I know that this Hurricane Marco is headed straight for Houston, and so the next one they're kind of unclear about. Um, but it is we, we are in the cone of uncertainty, and so we did a lot of storm uh, preparing mm. today. And I still can't drive from my major back surgery back in May. So my husband and my daughter went out and bought a lot of supplies and food for just in case. It's supposed to hit Tuesday evening. Oh, okay. Just well, we're going to go into uh, the Lord in prayer. And I'm gonna, uh, I know Gary wanted to say something, and then we're going to have Gary to, uh, lead us in prayer around this. It's so good to hear from you, and and uh, our prayers and thoughts are going to be with you guys. And we know that God is on the throne, and he's in control, and uh, nothing takes him by surprise. And we pray that the storm will go in a different direction, both of them. So, Brother Gary, you want to say something, then? Lead us in prayer before. I yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm still kind of stuck way back when she said she had a, a, a daughter, a child going to college. Wait a minute. I, I remember <laughs> yes. Erica. Uh, my oldest. Girl. My oldest is 22. <laughs> our son. He worked. He actually works for Southwest Airlines with us. It's my 25th year this year, and my husband just made 23 years. And our son, who's 22, he did college for a couple of years, and then he decided he wanted to join the Southwest family. So he got hired right before the um, the pandemic and before the hiring freeze. And then my baby girl, 
and my my dad's uh, granddaughter Delaney. She used to call in when she was a little girl, but she she starting college. Um, she graduated in this particular 2020, and she turned 18. So that's my youngest. So me and my husband are kind of like mm-hmm. empty nesters, if you want to say. But she didn't get a chance to go to way to college because of the, the pandemic. So she's going to be doing it online. Um, a couple, mm-hmm. She's going to go part time, and she's working a couple uh, okay. jobs. So she's very ambitious. So yes, I'm. Uh, we've got the lady frozen. My mom is a lady frozen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, well we better we got a few minutes. We better go before the Lord in prayer here. So Lord, we just thank you for Erica. We pray, Lord God, a hedge of protection around her home and her household, Lord God, yes, and her yes. children and her husband. And Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that you protect them. That that they find all the supplies that they need and that, that they would find that generator that they need. And, and, Lord God, but most importantly, set your angels all around them, Lord God. We pray yes. none of that, that, that storm would impact them adversely. We pray, Lord God, that you put a hedge of protection in the wall of fire around them that the enemy could not penetrate. We pray, Lord God, for all of those folks in the, the path of this storm in Louisiana and the surrounding areas and states that, you would just protect folks' lives, Lord God, that you would protect people from this onslaught and that they would be prepared and be able to find a place of shelter, a, a haven out of the storm, Lord God, that it would be, be in you. You are that haven, Lord God, and we just pray that you protect them, that you keep them, that you bless them, that you give them peace in the midst of a storm, literal storm, Lord God, especially Erica and, and their family, Lord God. Bless them and protect them always. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Gary, and thank you, Erica, for calling in. We love you. We're praying for you guys. And it's interesting that before the program started, I shared with Gary about uh, the need for us praying for you, and Gary prayed for you before our program. So you got a double prayer, plus people all over the Bay Area, all over the Bay Area are praying for you now. So you're going to have extra prayers going up. Well, thank you for your call. God bless you, Erica. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Brother Gary, knock a home run in the name of Jesus. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. God bless you, too. And we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time. When we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Amen. Amen.